Well, friends, thanks for joining me on another episode of the Euphoria Health Podcast. There is just a different vibe down here in the Melbourne air at the moment. We have cafes, restaurants, bars, and pubs back open. Density limits for group exercise have increased and gyms can reopen next week. It's been such a tough slog, but it's incredible to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I had my first coffee at a cafe on Friday with the sun beaming off my face and boy, it tasted bloody amazing. I'm feeling so grateful for the community right now and it's amazing to see everyone come together and support the people that have done it tough over the past six months. For anyone that is new to the show, my name is Matt Zapala and I am your host. I created this platform way back in 2018 to share my passion for health, wellness and longevity. I'm a qualified personal trainer and I'm about halfway through a Bachelor of Health Science majoring in nutrition. So as you can see, I live and breathe healthy living. The Euphoria Health Podcast and the incredible guests that come on the show enable me to share vital information helping you guys become more happier, healthier, conscious humans. My philosophy is not to be your quick fix, but to be your only fix. So come on, let's jump on this wild ride together, friends. Now this week's guests, I have dynamic duo Tyson Venables and Emma Maidman on the show. You guys may remember Tyson from way back in episode three, where he shared his incredible and inspiring journey with us all. To say he has grown since then is an understatement. Both Tyson and Emma are inspiration that I think we all need to start shifting our thinking and creating our own destiny here. This one was so free-flowing and it felt like a conversation between mates but with a ton of golden information nuggets. I really resonated with a quote that Emma and Tyson used in the podcast and it really sums up our western way of thinking. It goes like this, the journey is the destination. It's so true as we often get caught up chasing the destination and disregarding everything it took to get there. I know for me, for four years I was so disconnected during my weight loss journey that nothing really satisfied me. I attached my happiness to a magic number on the scales and the lengths that I went through to hit that number were extremely damaging both physically and emotionally. So I guess in the midst of a global health crisis, if we can learn the tools and resources to change our thinking, we can avoid a whole lot of potential harmful impacts. Tyson and Emma, thank you guys so much for sharing your wisdom with the Euphoria Health community during today's episode. Guys, I know all three of us would love to know if and where you're listening from, so don't forget to send us your feedback by screenshotting the cover of the podcast and posting it on your socials. This one is an absolute must-listen, friends, so whatever you're currently doing, whether you're pouring a cup of tea to chill out on the couch or you're lacing up your runners to go for a cheeky run or walk, I hope you guys enjoy the show, and I'll see you on the other side. This episode has been in the pipeline for a number of weeks slash months, but 2020 has been a whirlwind experience. So nothing surprises me anymore with, you know, constant changes to restrictions and schedule up in the air. So I'm glad we finally penciled in some time to get this going. How are you guys going through the whole COVID situation? It's been a, um, an interesting 2020. Yeah, it's been, um, it's been pretty interesting for us. We've relocated up to Byron Bay. 
So we left Melbourne after the first Melbourne lockdown. Um, we've actually got a baby on the way due in December. So kind of knowing that um, and we had planned to move up here later in the year, it just kind of fast tracked our, um, our timeline a little bit. And as you said, you know, things just up in the air. And I, I guess you kind of really learned that you can't be rigidly attached to any kind of deadline so we just sort of went with it and things flowed and we ended up here yeah so overall i think like for us uh, as a whole like even though we've we've gone through a bunch of like the the shittier times i think this whole experience has actually been quite positive for us for sure should check if you're allowed to swear first. Yeah, yeah no, oh good. I did an episode with um with Catch on a few months ago. Oh, yeah, right. There was, <laughs> was the explicit <laughs> every second word, which was good. Yeah, I love the personality. Good. It was great. <laughs> now, amazing. So 2020 has been such an, you know, an incredible year for you guys, obviously. Newly engaged, baby on the way, relocated interstate, absolute whirlwind experience. And, and I love the positivity from your end, guys, knowing that, you know, you've been well, everyone has been dealt this sort of bad hand with the global pandemic, but you guys are just taking in your stride and, and up to some incredible things and remaining positive through this situation, which I think you sort of have to be anyway in, in order to move forward. Otherwise, you're, you're sort of back behind the pack and it really gets you. I know I had a little bit of a period after the first lockdown when the restrictions were tightening up again. I was just like, oh, in this sort of dull period and, and really angry at, at the world and, and the whole situation. But letting it go and starting to realize that the things you can control and controlling those things that really makes it makes a big difference yeah it was a big lesson for us i mean we had a whole our year if you look at our vision board for 2020 it's the year of travel and um we were supposed to be in bali for a couple of months teaching and running a retreat I was speaking at an event um, in fiji twice throughout the year and then we were going to run a retreat in india um, so the first, I guess the initial onset of all the lockdowns and the world just closing down was really uh, challenging and a, a huge pivot. I mean, I guess everyone's saying that word for 2020, but there was definitely that moment of kind of, oh shit, what are we going to do? Everything that we've planned, everything that we've put so much time, energy and money into has just literally dissolved in front of our eyes and that was definitely a process of letting go and through that it's probably like a 24-hour period that i experienced similar to what you um what you're talking about where i got really angry i went through the full seven stages of grief and then out of that we kind of rose up and we we're like all right we need to innovate and that's how we started doing flow state studios and ended up moving up here and, and life you know we kind of looked at the current and went all right how do we flow with this rather than sitting in resistance and and just being frustrated love that word flow i think it really um it really sums up the mindset of both of you and and it showcases all the incredible things that you're doing with flow state studios which i know we're going to dive into later on so well said there and I've mentioned before, we're going to dive into flow states later on, but I'd love to give my listeners a little bit of a backstory. Tice, in episode two, we spoke about or episode three early on in the, in the podcast. We spoke about your backstory and, and everything that got you to, you know, where you were at that point in time. I know a lot has changed since then, but I'd love to give the, the listeners a little bit of an insight on both of you and, and what was life like growing up for you, Emma and Tyson, and, and when did yoga sort of enter your life? 
Um, I'll go first. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if people haven't listened to uh, episode three, um, yoga for me, I was drawn to it initially when I had been through my own um, mental health issues, um, attempted to commit suicide over in Canada, and as part of my um, my rehab and stuff back from that, it, um, my doctor suggested, because I said I didn't want to be on antidepressants and stuff for a long time, so they suggested maybe going for um, to meditation and yoga. So when I was in Canada, they had a, there was a, a yoga studio there that um, in a community hall. So I went there and um, started my yoga and started my meditation practice there and noticed the immediate, like almost immediate results, especially from the, the meditation. And soon from that, my um, my need for medication started to drop and I was able to wean myself off with the guidance of my doctor, um, wean myself off the antidepressants. And from that point on, yoga has always been something that's been played a massive role in my life. Like I used to use the gym as an escape mechanism. I used to think that I needed to go to the gym and lift all a thousand kilos of weights at um, a session just to be able to, um, get rid of the demons or escape the demons that were inside my head for that hour or two hours or some days up to three hours that I'd spend at the gym. So um, that has now taught me that there's more more to life than just spending all my time in the gym. And yoga is a, essentially allows me that hour, but you're allowed, it allows you to go inward and do the work inward. And then the meditation just, layers on top of that beautifully to then um really unpack your mind i like to think of it as like you know the um back in the old days there used to be one of the first computers came out and you had a bunch of programs running and you ran them all the time and then they became fragmented and your computer would slow down so you'd need to do a defrag and it would slow it would um sort it all out and that's kind of like what meditation is for me. It allows my brain to resort all of the open programs and sit them into that, that nice logical order that allows me to um, operate and not slow down, not be bogged down in procrastination and stuff like that. And allows me to access that state of flow a lot easier. And so that yoga, and now I've found that just with, finding that balance i don't need to spend all the time in the gym i don't need to be spending so much time um doing yoga like i have a nice balance um of both physical and mental health and i think it it, it really works well i think it's really helped me obviously find m because like we we both got attracted to each other so quickly and our relationship works so well on so many levels and that has been so magical that we've both been able to click and um, move forward in what we're doing both as a family and also as business partners. So 
that's me. And if I'm going to throw over to Emma. Yeah, I'll stop you there. Sorry, Em. Just yeah. a quick question for you, Tice. Um, what yeah. was your mindset going back, you know, living that moment when you were over in Canada and you were walking into the community hall? What was your mindset towards yoga at that point in time? Was, was it sort of like a last resort crisis point for you or, or talk to us a little bit about if you've heard yoga before at that point yeah I, like i'd heard of yoga and stuff before um i'd always thought it was like um for hippies and people wearing like big harem <laughs> pants and chanting and like people who like didn't shave and stuff like that and that was that was my i'm just gonna be honest like that's that's literally what my that's what my like my mindset was and then so when I walked into the the um, the facility, I was like blown away. Like there was normal people. There was like normal what I envisioned normal was back then. And I was like, oh, this isn't actually what I actually conjured up in my head. And I was that dude who like walked into the back. And I set myself up on the back of the room and. I was holding up the the back wall like while I was sweating bullets and trying not to fall over. And but yeah, it was a last resort. Like for me, it was either go down the route of um, medication for the rest of my life and try and. Um, but I, I was so determined not to do that. Like I'd already beaten my system up with so many drugs and alcohol that I didn't need to be putting more and relying becoming reliant on that side of things so um yeah yoga literally was like the last chance but it was the last chance for a rebirth like and that's the thing is like you hear a lot of people talk about their rebirth or their awakening their time when they've absolutely hit skid row they've hit the bottom of the barrel and then from that bottom of the barrel point there's no way out other than going forward like as soon as you like that's kind of where i woke up i woke up i'm like holy shit i wasn't supposed to wake up okay i have to i have to move forward uh this you you you've been given this chance you there's a reason why i'm supposed to be here and yeah so yoga allowed me then to actually then begin to unpack all of that stuff and dive a little deeper and now i am that kind of guy who's gonna um chanting and looking more deeply into the spiritual side of esoteric side of things of, of yoga and spirituality and everything like that. So that's um, some stuff that I said I'd never say I'd do. And, but once you begin to dive into it, it's like, this all kind of makes sense. There's a reason why this works. You don't own their harem pants yet. I haven't got the harem pants yet. <laughs> I, ha I have looked at them. And, um, <laughs> They're pretty comfy. And Instagram, keeps, Instagram keeps popping them up on my sponsored posts. So... <laughs> Um, it's funny. Tice, you um, you you've got the description for the unshaven, curly hair as well, mate. So you're almost there. <laughs> my, well, my yeah, my next my next look is the Jesus look, so I'm getting close. <laughs> Yeah, I love that, Tyce. And the reason why I asked you that question is just for anyone out there that may be experiencing any situation where 
they're you know needing some extra support and extra guidance i i know personally what yoga has done for me and and hearing it from other people it's it opens up this other door to follow a new journey and and like listening to you tell me that story again twice it gives me goosebumps and so courageous and so inspiring to see you on the other side and doing the incredible things that you're doing and now obviously with with them building the the empire that you are together well done mate thanks mate thank you Em, I'm interested to hear about your journey. Take us through that. Well, I'm a little bit younger than Tice, so I don't know what a computer defrag is. <laughs> people are heading to Google over this. People are like, what the hell is that? <laughs> um, but I, I found yoga. I was lucky enough to discover it at a really young age, mostly just out of laziness. I was about 14 or 15, I was at school, and uh, one of the options for PE, I hated PE. It was like the worst subject in my opinion. And um, completely opposite. Complete opposite. And one of I, I was like such a nerd. I loved English and writing and all that stuff. Anyway, so one of my um, friends and I, one of the options for PE was oops, sorry, just hit that microphone, was to be able to go to the local gym. And I was like, great, I can just sit on the floor and talk to my friends. What a bludge. And then the teacher said, no, you actually have to do something. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And I had a yoga class on. And I thought, well, that seems like the least possible amount of effort. I'd kind of heard about yoga. And, and similar to Thais, you know, back in those days, it was very much either at a gym or at a community hall. And no one was, you know, I'd never heard of Lululemon or spandex. It was all just hippie pants and, you know, whatever. And so I went and did this class and time I, I, I was confronted with wow I'm actually really unflexible and wouldn't it be great to be able to touch my toes and so it sort of started like that and I, and I kind of went along to these classes and then after that school PE period ended I, I kept going about once a week with a couple of friends and it was just it was just a nice thing to do at that point I was still very much attached to it as from a physical layer of, wow, this lady, you know, teaching the class is pretty old and she's doing some really cool things. Like, I can't do that. And so you sort of, I sort of came into it through that. And then that stuck with me throughout my uh, finishing my studies right, right through to year 12. And then I moved to Melbourne um, when I was 18 to study and I studied public relations. And I always saw that there was two sides of my personality. I used to refer to myself as like hippie M and then like corporate ladder climbing M. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I was 16, I went over into an orphanage and volunteered and that was like hippie M. And then I do 6 million internships and that was kind of corporate climbing M. And I could never reconcile these two sides of myself. I always saw them as being two vastly different parts of my uh, personality. And so I moved to Melbourne, I started studying, and during that process, I was traveling the world on every uni holiday, as most uni students do. And I came into um, a nasty run-in with some parasites while I was partying like a rock star in Thailand. And during that period of sickness, basically they went undiagnosed for a year. So I got really sick, ended up weigh weighing about um, 42 kilos, most of my hair fell out. Um, I was covered in cystic acne. It was, if you Google it, there's some articles that I've written about it. It was really bad. And because it went undiagnosed, it just destroyed my digestive system. I was being intravenously injected with antibiotics and 
during this period of time, I was finishing my degree. I was still doing like six internships and was a total psycho, and <laughs> if I'm being honest. And um, the yoga was the only thing that I was doing consistently that was telling me that perhaps what the doctors were doing and the tests and the, and the they, you know, they thought they're like telling me I might have bowel cancer or I might have this, I might have that. It kept bringing me back to this inner voice of something happened when you're in Thailand. And it, and it got to the point where yoga was basically the only thing I could do because I was so weak. I was barely able to eat anything. And I would go to the classes by that stage I was living in the heart of Fitzroy and there was a really amazing studio around the corner from my house. And I was going probably about three times a week. So I was still kind of a dabbler and I'd always be super frustrated at the last five minutes where they, you know, do a meditation. I'd be sitting there being like, Oh God, come on. And then when I got to the point that my body was so physically drained and unwell that I couldn't do all of the fancy asana, I had to gravitate more towards the meditation and the slower more mindful based classes and that made me really sit with myself and it was during that that like I said this inner voice just kept communicating with me and I would squish it down and I would justify a bunch of reasons why I didn't need to listen to it or why I should listen to the quote-unquote experts and it kept coming up and kept coming up and it led me down a path of um, ultimately healing of discovering through a technique called bioresonance, which is an energy-based um, diagnostic tool, I guess, that I had, which, which, which specific parasites I had, which I had been saying to the doctor all along and they just kept saying to me, there's no point, there's no way that they're still alive. You've been intravenously injected many times in and out of hospital with antibiotics. It's not possible. And it was. I had Giardia and this other really bad bacterial infection which was um, about a week to get rid of with herbs, but a seven year healing cycle to repair the damage done to my gut. And it was during that cycle. So this is kind of all happening in the background of me working, getting a full-time job in public relations and kind of killing it in the tech startup space, flying back and forth to San Francisco on paper, totally living my best life at a young age and just thinking like, yeah, this is awesome. But then having this underlying anxiety and coming home just bursting into tears and was just such an anxious mess all the time. And PR is, is by nature quite a fast-paced, stressful industry. And so it was that it was the there was something in those yoga classes that was just calling me in. And I started going more and more regularly. And as my health improved, so did my physical ability to be able to continue to practice. And it then just kind of became this daily non-negotiable. And that then really connected me back into what I saw was duality of these two sides of myself. And, you know, I remember going into the office and making kombucha and people just thinking I was a total weirdo for sitting on an exercise ball instead of a, de instead of a desk chair and just, you know, stuff like that. And slowly and slowly and slowly, I realized that these two parts of myself, as I saw them as being so black and white, um, that it actually wasn't the case. It was just that I was living out of alignment. I was living in a story of what I told myself or who I told myself I had to be based on, you know, the decisions I'd made to study and the career progression that I'd written down when I was an 18 year old. And that's not who I was anymore. And so it was really through the, the journey of practicing yoga and then particularly meditation, which ironically has become my 
you know, my, more of my daily practice over asana. And that's something that if you had told 18 year old me, I never would have believed. Um, but that ability to understand myself for who and what I am beyond the, um, the surface layer of the mind and beyond the expectations and the stories, the samskaras that I created. And so during that process, I ended up leaving my job and traveling around the world. I did my yoga teacher training and I lived overseas for a few years and started teaching and began to really embody who I actually was and let go of who I thought I needed to be um, in the world. So like kind of freed myself from that storyline and started to live in, in alignment. And so that's sort of in a nutshell, it's quite a long story, <laughs> how, um, how yoga and meditation ultimately changed my life. Not only my health, I mean, I rebalanced my hormones, I cleared up my gut, like all these kind of side sideline stories are happening in the background. But I guess ultimately it taught me how it taught me, you know, who I am beyond my thoughts, beyond my feelings. And that experience of what I was, that expanded state of awareness of consciousness kind of gave me this whole new understanding of how I want to live my time in this body on this earth. Yeah. And that was such an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that with us. I guess a few things resonate for me in that, story there with you em is that you know yoga offers us to gives us different opportunities at different stages of our life and i guess through your quote-unquote hectic period in your life where you were burning the candle at both ends well and truly what was your mentality towards yoga at that point in time did you use it as almost like a stress relief or did you use it as a movement point of view did you use it as something just to tick off the list what was your mentality then and how has it changed going through the things that you went through in that journey yeah that's a great question it was more of a band-aid solution i think if i didn't have yoga at that time i would have just been a total anxious mess um but i was it, it ended up almost being you know i'd get up at 5 a.m to go to the yoga studio with all my stuff and then go to work and it was just this i was in this really rushing cycle that whilst you know for that hour or hour 90 minutes on the mat i was experiencing something greater than what was occurring in my outside reality i still wasn't quite i hadn't quite surrendered to it i wasn't quite listening and i remember sitting in a naturopath's office one day and we'd been working together for a couple of years and my gut was really starting to improve but my skin was still really really bad um, and that was because of a hormone, underlying hormone imbalance. And I remember her saying to me, she was also a psychologist and she just kind of said, she's like, Em, you know, I've known you for a while and you're really dedicated to this whole natural healing. You're doing all the right things. You're taking all the herbs, but do you think that you could be stressed? And I think I was like literally rocking back and forth in the chair. And I was like, I'm not stressed. I do yoga. <laughs> and <I was laughs> that it was like th that moment has stuck out for me because it was like an out of body experience where I was witnessing myself kind of stress rocking, racing off to the next appointment after this one in the chair going, she's asking you if you're stressed, you're saying, no, 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 it's fine. I do yoga like once a day, I'm totally not stressed. And it was that light bulb moment of me to realize, oh mate, I am so highly strung and I'm so attached to this in this cycle of busyness that I'm not, 
a human being, I'm a human doing, and I'm identifying with this rushing and busyness as a sign of success. And that story took a long, long time to break down. It wasn't like an overnight thing, but she planted that seed with that question and it stuck with me. And I began to shift my mindset of like, hey, yeah, I'm actually spending all this money. I'm going to these classes. I'm doing all these workshops and retreats and immersions and I'm loving this, but I'm not living this. And that was kind of that moment where I really began to reconcile those two parts of myself and see that I didn't need to be, you know, hippie chill M in a yoga class and then total busy doing all the things M at work, that I could start to integrate these practices into how I live my life. Yeah, I could not agree more. And, and a lot of my philosophy in doing the, the podcasts and and everything that I'm doing in this space is trying to plant seeds in, in people's minds to help them along their journey. And, and like that naturopath did planted a seed for you to open a new door and go on this incredible journey. And I can't wait to unpack everything that yoga is to both of you guys a bit later on in the, in the podcast. But another thing that really resonated for me during your story, and I know you could probably answer this as well, Tice, is always asking questions, even with the experts. And, and I feel like yoga gives you the opportunity to really frequently check in with yourselves and be more in tune with what's happening within your body, because no one knows your body better than you do. Oh, Absolutely. Um, that's kind of really what's being magnified at the moment too, you know, um, and it allows you that innate, um, ability to take ownership over the big bag of, um, skin and bones that we occupy. There's a lot of people that out there who don't actually occupy it in a way that they take ownership over it. It's literally from the day they're born to the day they die, it's like they just move through the motions, not knowing why that back pain comes up, not knowing why they've, they're consistently getting heartburn or indigestion. And um, through yoga, it allows you and yoga and just being a little bit more mindful on what you and how your body reacts in certain situations and how it moves. And that's like one of the things I really teach in both my yoga and fitness classes. It's, making the person more accountable onto and not an accountable in like a you've got to do this this way kind of situation it's like just allowing them that inquisitive nature to see how their body is feeling in that moment in time in space to then better educate themselves okay cool like if i move this way something feels a little off or my and then relating it on also back at the end of a class is like noticing where how you felt when you entered the class compared to when you're leaving and um and then taking that off the mat allowing people then to actually see that um that when they walk out of the classroom how they're being met with the daily um the daily grind or the daily like tasks that are coming at them and or what they're eating what they're putting in their mouth and they then begin to take that ownership off the mat rather than just coming and doing the asana and um, the pranayama in a class, they can then take it out yoga off the mat. And that's where literally where, where the magic begins to happen. Right. So it's like you can lay all the seeds. Like you said, you, you, you plant the seeds and you allow the seeds to, uh, to be planted and 
and hopefully they're they're operating in a greenhouse situation where they can the greenhouse accelerates that growth and something beautiful flourishes for somebody who who can then realize that the power is inside them. We all own, we all have that power within us and innate ability to access it. It's just being in that in, like inquiry, being an inquiry into how you're moving and living and existing in this pretty, I could probably go down a real big wormhole here. <laughs> down a massive wormhole with like, really existential um spiritual stuff lately so i'll put yeah he's like looking at me going can you just say <laughs> for me um the the underlying thing within that is the superpower that is our intuition and that innate ability to tap into that intuitive space inside yourself and it's often referred to a lot with mothers you know mother's intuition and mother always knows that kind of stuff but that is just, I mean, in a world where there's so many um, things that you can get pulled into and so many truths, yeah, this is true, that's true, this is a fact, that's a fact. It's like, how do you really know what is reality? How do you know what's happening? How do you know if the person that you're with is legit or not? And through these practices that we learn through the system of yoga, we tap into that innate ability to listen and to trust our intuition and that intuition is in alignment with nature it's flowing with nature it's when we go against it that you know it's always that case of oh, i had a gut feeling about this and i did it anyway and exactly what i thought would happen happened um, we're almost scared to trust ourselves we're always looking outside of ourselves for somebody just to come in and go you should do it like this or this is the answer rather than actually having to sit to get quiet and to feel what is what does my heart say and you know how can i start to allow my heart to work in conjunction with the brain because we obviously need our minds but how do we allow the heart to inform the mind rather than the other way around so we're not questioning anything life feels uh, effortless and in flow and even against the challenges there's this internal compass that's guiding you and you're so connected to that that nothing on the outside matters you couldn't find a better definition if you googled that so amazing thank you so much before we before we go any further i'd love to get your personal definition of yoga though and and what that means for you i know yoga means and and resonates differently with different people for me yoga isn't about as much of a practice on the mat it's more about applying it into your everyday lifestyle and you touched on that earlier tyson so for example i use this in every podcast that i do with yogis when i'm stuck in traffic and the guy in front of me in front of me in his car is on his phone i've just missed that red light that green light sorry all i want to do is get out the window and call him a bloody idiot but having that presence and controlling my breath and, and adapting the philosophies that you learn within yoga to really take control of that situation. That's what yoga means to me, really understanding the situation and adapting in, in a way that's not normal, quote unquote, what does yoga mean to you? And what is the, the definition of it personally for you guys? Well, for me, I see yoga as a state of being, so it's a state of awareness to be in, I mean, the Sanskrit word yoga means yoke or to you, to yuk. So unification. 
So to be in that state of awareness is to be experiencing yoga, is to be experiencing union between the higher self and then the more physical self. So reconciling this more spiritual, esoteric, all-knowing, you know, I am that and that is me kind of higher self with here I am in my physical body. And bringing those two together creates this unification of mind, body, spirit of everything so that you're living in union, not only with yourself, but with nature and recognizing that it's all one thing. And, you know, as you said, when you're in that state of awareness, that samadhi, that bliss state, that all-seeing, all-encompassing, no separation, no dualistic um, elements to anything, that's when you're able to see things really clearly for as they are and you start to understand everything as just being energy and how am I playing into that energetic field? And, yeah, the guy in front of me just made me lose the red light, but if I react and yell and scream and carry on does that really ruin his day or is that going to have more of a negative impact on me and my vibration and my ability to stay in this unified state consciousness so i guess that's my interpretation yeah and i probably i probably <laughs> wouldn't add too much to that to be honest like i kind of covered in that last question and yeah and like what you've said matt was pretty much in a nutshell i would agree with both of you yeah, definitely. We probably answered that question multiple times throughout our, at the early part of this podcast. But yeah, I really love the point that, you know, yoga resonates with people differently and everyone has different experiences. And Tyson, we touched on it in our previous podcast way back in episode three, that it's a real personal journey, whether, you know, you're Johnny down the back who can't do a down dog or you're am at the front who can stand on her head. No one's comparing each other. You know, it's all about you and looking internally. And, and I guess following on from that yoga, isn't the quote unquote magic cure for anything. It is the door that opens up a new pathway to follow you and guide you along your journey. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, totally. And, and yoga, I think, can be experienced, I mean, with my definition of it being a state of being, you can experience yoga through many different paths. I like to always say we're climbing the same mountain, we're just taking many paths to get there. And if you look at the lineages in this practice, they're so vast and a lot of them are quite different, but they ultimately have the same teachings. They just might present it in slightly different ways. And so you know, Johnny at the back of the room who's, you know, struggling in downward facing dog or the person in the front, you know, popping up into a handstand or whatever, they're no more or less enlightened than each other based on what their physical body can do. It's about how are they able to connect inwards and tap into those inner states of being. And that's where I think that um, maybe one of the most common misconceptions about yoga around you know, I have to be flexible, I can't put my leg behind my head, I can't do a handstand, I can't do a yogi, you know, all these kinds of things that our more modern interpretation and social media and whatnot has definitely created. And I've probably been guilty of playing into that. If you look at my Instagram, it's all like yoga poses. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll own that. Um, but it, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that, like how my downward dog looks to your downward dog we've got totally different anatomies. We've had different backgrounds, different injuries. It doesn't make me more or less enlightened if my hamstrings are straight and yours are bent. It's, you know, it's such a, it really evens the playing field. But I do think that when you begin, you are very attached to that physical 
side of things and there is often I always encourage my students you know to to not steal a pose to practice you know non-stealing which is one of the teachings of yoga but from the point of view of don't steal a pose that's not there in your body just because Karen next to you is a full-on pretzel she was you know probably a gymnast in a past life so or you know two years ago so comparing yourself to others is something that's so natural as humans but I really think that the, the deeper yoga doesn't discriminate it doesn't matter you know I teach people that have all sorts of you know cancer patients and people that have MS that you know do chair yoga and these kinds of things and their bodies look so different in what their version of a twist might be but they're still experiencing a connection they're still feeling unified with their body with their mind with their spirit with their breath they're still experiencing yoga it just it just looks a little bit different and one of the beautiful things about yoga on and off the mat is also the the timeline if you want to call it a timeline from when you began to where you are now and like the journey um the journey is one of the beautiful things about it is because it's literally like you said like normally you might have reacted to that guy who had been on the horn going, come on man just move like but and back before you began yoga and your meditation that might have been the mat of old but now it's like the mat now it's like matt just allows that to happen because it's not actually happening to him it's just happening through him and that's one thing also that yoga really teaches you is like a lot of the stuff that's not is happening throughout the world at the moment or even in your present state isn't actually happening to you it's just happening through you and it's happening through your your lens on the world and so yoga allows you just to see that and okay cool like this is the way things are playing out and i now have the, the ability to discern what is going to how how i then move forward in the space of whatever that may look like for you and yeah yeah, and we live in a society where, you know, we're always seeking the destination. We're never really focusing on the journey. And when we talk about the journey, it's not sexy. It's not marketable because it doesn't get that quote-unquote quick fix of results. And 100%. personally, yoga for me has enabled me to, and I've been guilty of focusing on the destination. It's, you know, innate in all of us humans. We always want to get those things that we see all the time, but I feel like taking a step back and, and really enjoying that process and, and yoga is just a tool that, you know, heightens that emotion. Totally. I mean, I always say this to my students, the journey is the destination. Where are you trying to get to? You know, at the end of the day, we all end our time on this planet the same. So that's where you're going. So the journey is really the destination. It's all one thing playing out. And what you choose to do with that space in between is, is where the power is, where the magic is. Yeah, and I find like where a lot of Western civilization um, wants the, um, the outcome before they have the experience. So they're, they're all about, okay, what can I, and it's even when, you, even when you're in business, you're pitching to like what you'll get for this amount of money or what you get for this, rather than giving the person and actually realizing, okay, I get total health well-being. I get a mental like overhaul. I, my mental health will increase. But it's like you, you see all of this stuff is, 
it's an, an outcome based thing rather than the experience that the person's going to experience. And um, when you realize that rather than chasing the outcome with anything you do, like fitness or, or yoga or meditation or life, life in general, once you realize you in, and you enjoy the experience that's in front of you right now, the outcome doesn't matter. Like, and it, it happens by itself. And that's the beautiful thing. And it's, and it's really been one, one thing that's really come up at the moment, especially for myself is like, rather than getting drawn into a lot of the stuff that's going on is experience the things that are right in front of me, experience the beautiful nature that's surrounded, experience the people that are in your life. And then that outcome of happiness and internal happiness and joy actually just flourishes by itself rather than having to look external, like trying to find everything else to try and fill those gaps. And I think that's where a lot of people need to kind of have a look at first is like if they're trying to find that outcome before they have the experience, it's kind of just flip it on its head. And then that's where the magic will begin to happen, I feel. Yeah, that a lot comes up for me when you're saying that as well, Tyus. Like I often get so caught up in, in physically trying to do so much and it only took me just recently that, you know, like I was trying to chase all these things and get to the destination that, you know, someone that typically is, you know, in their mid-30s would be at and I'm trying to get there by 22 and I, like taking a step back and just realizing that dude, like you're 22, enjoy the process and enjoy the journey and and like enjoy being young. And and once I've started to release the shackles, like, I don't know how to even put this into words, but it's, it's magic that sort of vibration that you get and you really start to focus on the small wins. And then looking back, you know, it's only been six, eight months, but looking back at the growth that has happened and celebrating that growth has just been amazing. And I think that as humans, we often do get caught up in, in trying to focus so much on the big goal and the big destination picture that we forget the journey, we forget the process, and therefore we forget the small wins along the way. And ultimately, if we're trying to build sustainable habits, we need to be able to focus on the now and enjoy the journey and enjoy the small wins. And I relate it back to fitness all the time. You know, If you're trying to lose 10 kilos, we can't just only focus on just losing 10 kilos. We need to focus and set smaller goals along the way. Like, oh, great. You couldn't deadlift before. Now you're deadlift, deadlifting hundred kilos. Amazing. Next step is, you know, you, you couldn't do crunches. You're doing crunches now. Amazing. Those are two small wins that are going along to your big, you know, goal of losing 10 kilos. So if we can all just bring it back down, live in the moment and understand that the journey is the destination, like you said, Emma, I absolutely love that. And I think for the listeners at home to put this in a practical sense, do you guys have any bits of advice or little bits of um, little tips that we can give the community on how to focus on the now? Well, I think this global situation that we find ourselves in um, has ultimately, it's, it's nature, it's the universe communicating that. You know, you look at all the people that had, Europe, European holidays planned and retreats planned and I was going to do this and I was going to do that. And we were living so far ahead in the future. You know, we were looking forward to this, looking forward to that. And now everything that 
pretty much everyone globally, it's, it's kind of this leveled the playing field of you can't make a plan. You can't, you know, plan to go to Greece next year because you don't know if you're allowed, if you're able to get on a plane. And that's always been the case. It's, it's, I think what's happening at the moment is highlighting the illusion that we think we're in control. We think that we can make plans and we can have an agenda and we can work towards this, that, and the other, but we really have no idea what's going to happen. And I like to relate it back to the breath. You know, every time that you breathe in, you don't know if there's going to actually be any oxygen there for you to breathe in. The only thing that you have control of is your exhale and your ability to let go. And so once you realize that, then in each and every moment, like, yeah, you can have goals and things that you can have goals and things that you want to work towards. But if you're rigidly attached to the outcome, then that's when you're ultimately unhappy or that's when you get to that goal and then you're not satisfied with it. So I think bringing things really back to a day by day moment and, you know, to give you a really simple example, it's one of those things I used to always roll my eyes at, but practicing gratitude, you know, having gratitude each and every day and in each moment, just waking up and saying, Hey, what are three things I'm grateful for today is a really, really powerful way to shift your mindset into the present moment. You know, I'm grateful rather than just, Oh, I'm grateful that I woke up. You know, I'm grateful for, my family, for my friends, for whatever it is, the smallest things, the, the taste of my coffee. Of having a cup of coffee, sitting down, yeah. watching the ocean, you know. It's like that's one thing that's really been coming up for me. It's like you, looking at the beautiful plants in, in our gardens, like I'm really grateful to be able to experience and see this and, like, yeah, and have a, a morning coffee down the beach. Like those simple things, like having a walk with Buddy, like that's – the stuff that is really fills your cup. And once you've, I've heard a, a great quote once is, um, I can't remember who said it, but it's like, for, if you're got, if you're trying to give from a half empty cup, those people around you won't take it because that way they see that you're trying to give from a half empty cup. And they don't want to take it because they will see that depletes you. But then if you've you've got a full cup and it's overflowing and it's brimming with like good, awesome juice, they'll people will take it and people will, will want to take it and consume it. And that's where I think we're at at the moment is finding these areas in our lives that absolutely just fills our cup and especially we've got these is chance and I, I honestly see it as, as, a, as a chance as a, a reset for everybody anybody listening especially because it's like this chance we've got to really work out what is our we hear core values thrown around a lot but what is what is that deep-seated all-knowing what you really love what you really love in your life and once you can work that out and one, it doesn't have to be like, I want to be traveling and go deeper. And then once you find that deepest point, it's like, I want my family, my friends or good food, healthy food. And these, these, these bits and pieces, once those pieces, those um, building blocks are in place, everything else will begin to just that, that cup will begin to fill. Look at what's happened to the harbors and stuff. They've cleaned up um, dolphins and stuff began to, because 
everything slowed down and everything cleaned up and nature was able to have a little bit of a reboot and that is because we've been forced to have that slow down and it's a reason why it's, it's telling us to slow down to go inward to realize what we have to do as an individual to be able to help ourselves but also help the greater collective i feel and i think from a really practical point of view it's alignment over action so if you're in that state of just perpetually chasing goals and then getting there and feeling unfulfilled it's coming back to firstly gratitude and then like tice was saying what am i aligning to what are the values that i hold like those deep-seated values and knowing that they'll evolve because you as a human being even on a cellular level you evolve every eight years you're not the person that you were you know years ago physically um cellularly and so when you can look at that and sit down and do these kind of check-ins of like, okay, what do I really value? What resonates with me? Listen into that internal compass, write them down. I value these three things. Okay. How am I living those values? And then when you do set your goals and things like that, look at it from a way of how can I move in the direction of that goal, but not be rigidly attached to the outcome. So to use your example before of, oh, I really want to lose 10 kilos and that's my goal. Great. Awesome goal. But what would it look like if you weren't rigidly attached to the outcome and you were open to what happened along the way? You might discover that you're an epic deadlifter, that you're, you know, really great at powerlifting or whatever it is, but it'll open up pathways. But if you're rigidly attached to only losing those 10 kilos and that's the only marker of success, you'll get there and then you'll want to lose another five, another 10. There won't be any sense of fulfillment rather than going, cool, this is the direction that I'm moving towards and I'm going to flow in the direction of that, but I'm going to stay open to possible outcomes that might lead me in different directions along the way, rather than just being so rigidly attached yeah. to one thing. And that's actually in actually enjoying those points, like patting yourself on the back, giving yourself like a, not a like giving yourself a treat day or taking yourself on a special date because you've just lifted a hundred kilos where you, you previously didn't like actually enjoying the process, enjoying the journey, enjoying each brick in the road. Cultivating That's, joy in your life. Yeah. The joy, joy, once joy and like love is in your life, like once that begins to just cultivate and keep growing, that is literally the source of life. Like once you've got that source, that's the special source. That's Tyson's special source. <laughs> I like that. I'll grab the recipe off you, Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's extremely well said. I, I could not agree more. And coming back to gratitude, you, you can't be angry and grateful at the same time. It's physically impossible. So for me, taking a step back and realizing that getting angry at this COVID situation because I can't go have a beer with my mates on a Saturday afternoon or I can't go clean and jerk with a barbell that dead at the at the gym. Like getting angry at those situations doesn't change the outcome. But going within and, and really being grateful for what I do have. Like I go into my backyard and I've got a full set of kettlebells, which I can clean and jerk with kettlebells. I've got a rowing machine from a fitness point of view. From a socializing with mates point of view, we've really understood and grasp the meaning of true connection with our family members and the people that are close to us in our life. And like, obviously it's a little bit different for people living by themselves, but when you're surrounded by those people that we 
potentially would just say a hi and bye and we've actually got to completely immerse ourselves in their lifestyle there's something magical about that and the one thing if i'm honest that's getting me through this situation is gratitude yeah totally it's a a really powerful practice Um, and it's also vibrational you know like you said you can't be angry and grateful at the same time it's not to say, I always say that the feelings are like visitors, they come and go. It's not to say that when you're experiencing anger, that it's a bad thing. You know, you can channel your anger into so many different things. If everything is just energy, you know, we talk a lot about releasing anger, or releasing this or releasing that. If you, if you ask yourself the question, where does it release you? Where does it go? It doesn't go anywhere. It just transforms. So if you're experiencing anger and you're experiencing frustration, then it's like, okay, how do I transform this into a more positive outcome? Can I channel that into, you know, a workout and then I'll have a release of endorphins or do I channel it into a project or am I writing letters to my local member and that's how I'm channeling my frustration and anger rather than just sitting in that experience and letting it fester and fester and dragging that vibrational state down when you understand that your body is this vessel for energy to move through and that you are energy it kind of enables you just to be able to let go a little bit and be like interesting i'm experiencing this i'm going to transform this energy into something that resonates more highly with me and that increases my vibration and that's how we can really have an impact on the world i know it sounds like a super cliche yogi thing to say just like high vibes increase your vibes kind of thing (laughs) but it's totally true in the sense of collectively when we're all in those higher vibrational states of love of joy it shifts the collective experience because we're all energy and we're all connected when we're in fear when we're in anger when we're in these lower vibrational states we're just playing into the narrative of fear that's playing out around us we're no better than you know the mainstream media because our energy is matching that and so it's being really aware of your energetic contribution to yourself and then how that then emanates from you and to the collective and i mean that's why it's very easy to think i I can't change the world because it's just such a big problem it's kind of i always say we'll start with yourself what's what's your own vibrational field and how is that contributing to the greater good because that's that's where the the change happens is when you go within and find your own power and your own ability to shift your own energy you don't need to start a an ngo that's going to you know cure world hunger or whatever you change your own energy you go inwards and that has a trickle effect onto your whole life and will ultimately have you living in accordance with your dharma from a yogic perspective and especially like if you are someone who is like living by themselves or really in a quite a, a dark place it's like going in but then realizing picking this the places that you can go into and still feel safe and rather than going inward and just being completely in a dark space and then knowing the people around you are there to support you and having that connection piece especially with people who are just you you can see that they're resonating at that higher vibration because those people are the people that you want to be around um when you begin to like get into that darker place and where that lower vibration begins to kind of take over. That doesn't look like there is anything above the ceiling, but there is like the ceiling keeps going. 
amazingly said guys and tell us what you were saying before about it goes higher than the roof and it goes higher than the sky and it goes higher than that it just reminded me of a little bit off topic here but it reminded me of a conversation that me and Beck have been having lately we're talking about outer space and like I don't know about you but when I try and comprehend outer space it just gives me this mad rush of anxiety because I don't know what it is and I don't I'm trying to comprehend how big it is and like how hot the sun is and I just have so many questions that can't be answered but yeah just a little bit off topic, but I thought it was relevant. Yeah, self on Gaia. It's uh, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know whether you're on Gaia or not. If anyone out over there is listening to Gaia, um, ditch your Netflix um, subscription and get yourself We Are Gaia. Um, that is not a paid um, post, by the way. This but is not sponsored. This is not a sponsored post, but yeah, like it, it'll open your mind to a completely different world of information and um, allow you to really unpack what. It answers a lot of whys and there's a bunch of different opinions and left and right opinions and middle of the road opinions and it allows you to see what is behind space what is the greater meaning of life like what is it like what is the extra dimensional like beings that occur and how how is our vibration affecting the different dimensions that we we live in and like we live in the 3d and this is what we see but we realistically we're operating in a bunch of different dimensions that and vibrations and when our lower vibration occurs we start to drop down into that real darkness and that's when darkness really is, darkness thrives in low vibration and that's when that hate and the anger starts to build and throughout the collective inside yourself, that's that dark energy. You know yourself, if you've ever been around someone who's really dark in energy, you're like, oh, I feel like, a, and I feel terrible after coming out of that. And it's because if you're at a high vibration, they're just trying to suck the energy out of you. Um, not to say that you have to turn away from that, one of those people, especially because like if you're in that depressed or anxious state, you are kind of emanating that darker energy. But it's like, turning towards these people and bringing them with you if you are feeling a, a lot lighter and a lot and try and raising that collective vibration like emma said really allows then humanity to move forward in such a better state than it is at the moment because it's like there's so much information that's getting thrown around a lot of scared people and a lot of scare, scared scared like scarcity information and fear information getting spread that people are getting drawn down and drawn down and drawn down. And that's what those darker forces want. But if we want to elevate the, the consciousness of everybody, we need to turn it into that love and joy vibration, which lifts everybody up. And if you want to go down that wormhole, go down the dimensional wormhole <laughs> on Gaia. I'm going to have to give it a shot. I really do like that. It's probably going to answer a lot of my questions because I've yeah. been, <laughs> Oh my God, you don't, these conversations that we've been having, they're like, half an hour going around in circles and I'm just trying to comprehend. I'm like, so if we live in one galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, and there's more of those, how big is the earth? Like I'm still trying to, you know, all the, all these questions. Anyway, <laughs> coming back to quantum physics documentaries on Gaia and your mind will be blown. Yeah. I've got my night sorted then. <laughs> now taking it a, a step further guys and, and going back into the energy is medicine. If we dig a little bit deeper, when we go to a physiological and, and a biological point of view, you know, that, that's where energy is medicine comes into play. Because if we're floating in this, 
vibration that is sucking the life out of us and we're constantly in this anxious state, quote unquote, that is the breeding ground for disease. But if you flip the switch and you, and you live in this high vibration, positivity, kindness, that is the breeding ground for happiness. And obviously that's not, it's very personalized. You may have other things going on, but from a, an overall point of view that you, we basically can control to some degree our health. Oh, 100%. Like if you've ever heard of a, um, he's an epigenetist called Bruce Lipton and he's actually done studies on this at the cellular level where that he did a controlled study where he took identical cells and the cells um, were in three different Petri dishes. He subjected one group of cells to the harshest environment, played them like really um, derogatory music and sound and um, words and then the other one subjected it to um, classical music and really like love kind of joyful music <clears throat> and obviously the controlled state the way it was and it kind of just bred the um, the the one with the 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 negative side festered and turned into a cancerous kind of cell and in the the um the other side it bred and grew into the actual cell that it was supposed to grow into and a healthy cell and they've done this also with um plants with plants kind of bringing that back then to the physical body of disease manifests in the body yeah, that's um and, <laughs> and i think as well the internal <laughs> the internal dialogue is why we're a good team the internal dialogue you have around that you know i noticed that a lot I actually noticed this when I when I lived in Germany and I was learning German. The way that their sentence structures to say say I am hungry would be ich habe Hunger. Don't um, quote me on my German pronunciation, which means it translates literally in English to I have hunger. And it's funny when you kind of hear that I have hunger and you think that's bad English. That sentence doesn't make sense. But when you really think about it, it does because I am not hungry. I'm not like I, by me saying I am hungry, that means I am defined by hungry. No, I am having an experience of hunger. And so I think this is where that internal dialogue that we have, particularly around disease of I am anxious as opposed to I am experiencing anxiety. These kinds of really subtle shifts on a vibrational level, kind of back to what Tyson was saying with that study, if you're telling something that it's dark and negative and it is it's you're defining it by all these things then it manifests as an illness but if you're not doing that if you're experiencing love and joy and vibration and you're knowing that you're just having an experience of anxiety you're having an experience of hunger in this moment that all these things are moving through you then i really think that that can shift the way we experience disease in in the body and how illness how injury how all these different things can play out and often a lot of things are there to teach us a lesson in this lifetime. I mean, if you bring it back to a yogic perspective of dharma and karma, you know, dharma is that kind of purpose of what we're here to do. And then karma is the actions and the kind of cause and effect um, that happens from those actions that we take. And I think that's when you bring it back to that personal accountability of, okay, this is the diagnosis I've been given and I can fall down that rabbit hole of telling and defining myself by that diagnosis. And then my vibrational state, my cells are going to morph into that thing that I am telling them that they are. 
or I can go, wow, that's a surprise. This is what's happening through me, but I'm going to shift my entire attitude, my entire vibration towards that. And I then see what happens. And it goes deeper too. And it's like, even just with the water and the, the, the stuff that we feed ourselves, you know, like mm-hmm. whether it's technology, it's the stuff that we put in our mouth, like the water we bathe in, a lot of the stuff that we've been, we, we have these days is so devoid of actually life and nutrients and prana, pranic energy that we, from that point that we put anything in our mouth, we're not actually feeding ourselves life and love and creation. It's just, just keeping the, the motor running. So when your cells and stuff at that cellular level is really vibing and it's just loving life then everything else starts to flourish and it's like if you have a garden and you you pour um roundup on it it kills it you know and like but if you you feed it like beautiful water manure and everything like that i always keep coming back to nature because it's all what it's what i'm learning from at the moment you know it's like you keep feeding nature beautiful manure and all that sort of stuff your crops and your food is just nourishing and you can taste the difference. That's what I really was really push home with a lot of people that I see at the moment is like, what, how, what are you drinking? And also what are you ingesting or what, are you, how, what technology stuff are you ingesting? How many hours a day are you ingesting it? And like, what are you actually putting in your mouth? Yeah, I could not agree more there guys. And, this practice of holistic lifestyle medicine, it's an amazing journey. And, and all of the things that we've spoken about today are not things that they're things that you will experience on these journey on that journey. Like it obviously starts with the physical being and understanding what, you know, you value most, but then all of these things are branches off this amazing tree. And I use the tree analogy. I'm similar to you, Tyson, that, you know, if we're really wanting to, thrive fight disease or you know obviously cure ourselves we think of ourselves as a tree if we're just focusing on a little bit of the branch we're not really targeting that root cause and if we go within and really focus on the stem and we know that there's a there's damage to the structure or there's damage to the stem and we start to focus on healing ourselves there that's when magic happens and that's when the rest of the tree thrives and everything that we do is either feeding or fighting disease. I can't remember who, who gave that quote. You guys might be able to help me out a little bit here, but it's just so true that everything that we do in our day-to-day life is either feeding or, or it's fighting disease and it gives us the opportunity to thrive or it gives us the opportunity to potentially breed disease. Absolutely. Uh, like we like going with that tree analogy and stuff, the Ram Das um, is a great, yogic um teacher um he's recently passed away and but he left his body left left yeah he's left he's left his physical body on the earth but he is still with us but um i like that yeah on his tree analogy is also like um he describes it as if you look at a tree in nature it's got everything it needs it it produces it draws its nutrients from the ground. It also gets its life from the sun. Um, and then it also then gives oxygen out, you know. 
And this is the same thing as like how you're saying with as humans, we're the same, but we're also cutting down trees. And so if we continue to cut down trees and they give, they are life, they are conditioning the soil, they are um, giving us shade, they, they are producing, they're giving us so much stuff, but we continue to cut it down, then at some stage, our life on this planet begins to deteriorate. And that's what we're kind of seeing, you know, and that's that, that, yeah, I love that tree analogy and Ram Dass really nails it home. That's another guy I did really want to listen to. Guys, <laughs> I'm, I'm blown away by this conversation. I'm absolutely loving it. I had none of this planned for the questions that I asked you. <laughs> But I just feel like it, it just felt so real and it flowed so beautifully. And like I thank you guys for sharing all of those nuggets of wisdom and, and your experiences through that journey. I'm blown away. And um, I know the listeners would have got heaps out of that. Guys, I, I recommend listening to that one three or four or five times and getting some, <laughs> some um, bits of paper and jotting some points down. But I guess leading into the things that we had scripted on, on, the, <laughs> on the show, that accessibility these days for fitness on demand and especially through a testing time like COVID where we're, you know, forced into isolation, we're so blessed that we have the opportunity to still be able to move our bodies through technology and using that and companies have come together and create these created these amazing workouts online that we can all partake in. And you guys have done that through flow states and it's really great to see that, people are starting to take control of their own health and really nourish their body through that. And I feel like that's the first step. Well, flow states started um, before kind of all before flow state studios as a retreat. So we would run yoga, surf and fitness retreats. And the intention being is that we wanted to share with people how to find flow state. So flow state um, is this, place where you're in this pure connected space with so uh, present with whatever it is that you're doing that time ceases to exist it's just you and whatever it is that you're in and you're in total flow with that nothing else matters and so we really felt like the elements to experiencing that are surfing and entices a much better surfer than i am he definitely experiences more flow than i do in that state um, and fitness you know you know that feeling when you're in a workout and you're just totally in flow and nothing else matters just just you and the barbell or whatever it is that you're doing and then of course yoga and meditation being ways to access flow not only on the mat but then how to understand and live that out in your everyday life so that was the philosophy of flow states and why we called it flow states retreats and that was something that we'd been doing prior to now not being able to run retreats and then when we had that moment of wanting to start flow state studios again it was before COVID. we were supposed to be in bali over june july where we were going to be filming a bunch of on-demand content and at the time it was just going to be an on-demand offering of you know different workouts and and yoga and we we're kind of just like yeah we'll figure it out when we get to bali like it'll all be good and then obviously this happened and it kind of put us in this situation of going all right, what does our community, what do people need right now? They need community. Straight away, people were panicking that their yoga studios and their gyms were closing down because that's such a big part of who they are and their community. 
And so that connection, that belonging was a really important piece for us. And then obviously both of us love fitness, Tyson being an actual coach and myself just a participant. <laughs> um, but we both love that as a state of finding flow. And then this, pardon me, the same with yoga and the same with meditation. And we teach breath work as well. Um, and we have yoga philosophy classes. So we're very much aligned in our a deeper understanding and experience of yoga and meditation. We both teach the same meditation technique, which is based on a transcendental meditation. So that philosophy that goes with that, um, you know, we're very much aligned on that. So it was basically just bringing together our two, you know, Tice with more of that fitness background and me with more of the yoga philosophy side of things together to create flow states, which is, I guess a more modern way of sharing yogic philosophy and ways of life without necessarily just doing yoga asana because I think from a physical point of view as well it is really important to to lift some weights and to do some cardio and to have those other elements to your movement practice I know for years all I did was yoga and that was great for my body for a certain amount of time and then it got to the point where I was just becoming so mobile and was losing strength because it was just easy to dump into my joints rather than to be active. But then you put a kettlebell in your hand and you go down into your deepest squat and try to come back out and suddenly you're like, oh, okay, end range under load, challenging. How do I be more active in that point? And so it starts to highlight the importance of a strong, healthy physical body as a vessel to be able to then have a strong, healthy mind um, a strong, healthy respiratory system, which we teach through the breath work that we do, and a nervous system, your, your response to, to stress. So we sort of sat down and went, all right, well, what are the elements that we both personally, together and individually, um, use to find flow? And then how do we offer that in class formats, in on-demand, in the courses and things that we offer through flow states. And we sort of just started with the idea of emulating what it is that we do on the retreats, what, what it is that we teach, the experience that we give people, but in an online environment. And that's been pretty amazing to watch, particularly the community aspect. I mean, when you're running a retreat, people, they just by nature, they're having meals together, they're working out together, they're doing yoga together, they get to know each other and build community and that was kind of from my perspective the one thing that I thought might be really challenging like how are we can genuinely build community so it's not just people kind of logging on and logging off and it happened I think because that was our intention and the vibration that we were putting out there it just flowed we didn't force it it wasn't contrived we've had members that have become friends and during that brief period of the lockdown being lifted in victoria they went hiking together and they hung out and you know people are getting to know like oh you're so and so from singapore like how was your hike that you went on yesterday or whatever it was and the community is, has genuinely begun to rely on each other began to see familiar faces began to get to know each other in the same way that well different way but it was the same outcome that they would have on a retreat and we've been able to to foster that connection to run community events and give them platforms to be able to continue to engage with each other that's been really really powerful so for us it was bringing together the aspects and the years of experience that we both have in in different backgrounds and even the way in which the back end of the business runs i mean my background was in pr and um, marketing so i sort of do more of that side of the front end side of things and then tice just 
has a more logical brain than I do and is better at spreadsheet. Froth's a spreadsheet. I could think of nothing worse. <laughs> so he does all that side of things. And so we've just been really clear on what are our strengths and what are more of our weaknesses and how do we help each other to play into our strengths so that we can ultimately run something that's that's effortless and that gets our ultimate goal of bringing people together to experience flow state. Well said. That's incredible. And I, I love how you guys are literally two peas in a pod. You're finishing each other's sentence. Tyson, you can take care of the Excel spreadsheets, mate, and I might get you to do my business ones as well because I absolutely hate Excel <laughs> with a passion. <laughs> no, but it just... I'm not going to live you down on that, mate. I will take you up on it. No, it's just incredible to see, you know, two incredible minds coming together and building such a, a great space for people to really connect. And I love that sense of community that is sometimes lost through online forums. And I know that's something that people are craving community and connection at the moment. And to see that it's not going astray, it's just, it's really magical and it's exciting to see what, you know, what's next from that point of view, when we can start having those retreats again and, and really watch that flourish from that point of view. I guess capping off the this amazing mammoth podcast that you know we've dove into so much detail. I'd love to know what your main message is, guys, and why do you get out of bed each and every day? That's a great question. So the main message and why I get out of bed. Um, my main message is really just great question. Maybe Emma's Emma's never short of a, a word, so I'll get let it go. <laughs> Um, I think the thing for me is I'm really passionate about teaching people to live heart forward and to be the embodiment of that. So I really like to practice what I teach, which doesn't mean that my life is always sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. It means that I'm also doing the work that I'm asking my students to do, that I'm sharing with people from a place of direct experience. And so I really show up in my life and think, how do I live you know, heart open and love forward. I actually just wrote an article about this in the magazine coming out soon. Entitled that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> which is I'll, have the, I'll have the link um, in the show notes for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, that's ultimately, I guess, what I feel like my mission is and that enables me to evolve. It doesn't necessarily... It, it, it's the why and the how and the what manifest in so many different ways. It might be the way, it might be through the vessel of teaching a class, it might be through running a course, it might be through writing an article, like, you know, the how and the what come out in, in a variety of different ways. But I'm super connected to that why of what I'm doing. And I think that's what ultimately gets me out of out of bed every day is, is also to, to have a human experience, to recognise what a gift it is to, and how rare it is to be in a body in this earth in this lifetime um, and to experience that, to be fully present to the human experience in all of its light and dark and ups and downs and to show up really authentically through that and then to be able to share with people is something that I, I really feel is, is what I'm here to do and, and is what my main message is. Probably because, like Tyson said, I'm not short of a word. Um, <laughs> never been shy. So I guess that makes it a little easier. But 
the impact that I see, and I've shared some really vulnerable things, particularly on Instagram, um, of different you know things that I've been through through life, and I always feel into it. I feel into my heart and go, is this coming from my ego or is this coming from my heart? And if it's coming from the heart, then I'll share it. And the impact that that has on other people's journeys in making them feel less alone is so powerful. So that's what really motivates me is to be an example of what it, what it looks like to live heart forward. Yeah. You're going to steal mine? No, I like that. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. My, my why essentially, like I, I touched on it before, is just really allowing and educate, educating people how to inhabit the life that they and the body that they've been given, um, giving them ownership and allowing them a sense of pride and um, just knowing, inner knowing that how their body works, whether on all different levels, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, like physiologically, everything, all the allergies, you know. Um, <laughs> I... I I honestly, I just because I, I froth on just teaching people on how to move well, how to hold themselves in space, and educating people, and that's really what gets me up. That's what gets me going in the morning, and that's why I'm always like just watching. I'm literally just a sponge. Like when they say you learn the most in your first five years of your life, I still question that because I'm still learning. I still, I just literally devour any information that I can find. And that I like to pass on to the people that I come in contact with and especially because the journey that I've been on from my mental health and having essentially a second chance at life, um, that I have this incredible opportunity to be able to help people not get to that place and also elevate themselves to a... Um, a better place like a better place that they feel is better too like it's not through my lens as well as it allows people i love to just allow people to find their way rather than trying to cast a a lens on this is the way you should do it this is and that's why I, and i really get um i really get repelled by other coaches who say you got to do it this way, this is the only way you do it, you're going to get these results doing it this way. It's like everybody's different. And that's why I love being able to implement different um, methodologies and allow people to find their way while guiding them and coaching them. And that's, yeah, that's what actually like lights me up and that's what gets me going in the morning and keeps me going until... Eight, nine, ten o'clock at night, you know. So And that's why we offer so many different things on flow states, because there's many ways to experience flow. Yeah. Yeah. So like we've got so many different um modes and arms and, and that's the thing, is like everybody's got something different and everybody's going to vibrate with something different, you know. And like you know yourself, if you've ever had a, a client that you've never you didn't really vibe with and it was a hard slog from the beginning from the first session you took them and they they weren't eating they wouldn't do the things and you try and throw everything at them and but then they leave you and eventually they go to another pt and they see all the results and it's not so much of a reflection on you as a pt but maybe it was but also it's a reflection on the vibration between the two of you 
that that might not have worked at that time. And I've had I've had that thing. It's like that ego check, like Em talked about earlier. It's like I've had that where a, a, a client's left. I'm like, oh my god, like I couldn't help them. And then they went away and they got all the results. And it was like, well, but when I look back in reflection, it was a grind from the beginning. And so when that's going to happen. And that's why I really just like to implement many different things and throw them out of the wall and just allow people to find their own way and ask the get them asking the why questions. Why is this happening for me? Why does this happen for me? What is, and then that way, then they get those, the answers themselves rather than me telling them the answers. And that's why I wake up in the morning. The listeners will take uh, so much out of that. And I feel like, We've spoken about so many different things in today's episode, but one thing that I think we can recap in a nutshell for for people to take home and really start to focus on, especially in this time, is gratitude. And I think once we start to focus on gratitude and really dig deeper into what we're grateful for, and yes, we're grateful for our family, yes, we're grateful for our dog, but dig deeper and and look at those finer intricacies like you spoke about earlier, Tyson M about having a coffee by the water, those little intricacies that we're grateful for that ultimately make up our life, enjoying the process. And I feel like once we've mastered gratitude, we can then take a step further and and start finding your values because more often than not, we're going to be grateful for things that we value highly or most in our life. So I think that that is such a great point for anyone at home that is looking for a place to start, because I know we have covered some territory in this podcast. Would you guys agree or have anything else to add on that note? Yeah, no, you summed it up well. Yeah, absolutely. Gratitude's a great way, <clears throat> great place to start for sure. If people resonated with anything that you have said during today's episode, where can they get in contact? Where can they find more out about flow states? I'd love to get some people moving their bodies. So if you head to flowstatesstudios.com, that's our website. You can also follow us on Instagram at flowstatesstudios. Um, or personally, you can look up my name or Tyson's name um, and me both on Instagram as well. And there's links through to the studio through there. I'll have those in the show notes for you guys as well. Em and Tyce, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought that this podcast was extremely powerful. So thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing your wisdom. Thanks, Maddie. It was lovely to be on. Thanks for having us. Thank you to your listeners for listening. If you got to the end, well done. (laughs) Well, friends, just like Emma said, if you got to the end, well done what a monster podcast that was i really really enjoyed having this open free-flowing conversation with two experts in the yoga meditation and longevity realm emma and tyson you are up to some incredible things at flow states and your philosophy is so inspiring i can't wait to hear the feedback from the community guys it was really amazing and insightful to listen and have these deeper conversations with Emma and Tyson that we don't usually touch on in our everyday life and hopefully it inspires us to have another thought-provoking conversation with another person in the community. Guys, don't forget to head on over to iTunes, subscribe, leave a rating and review for the podcast. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the absolute world in terms of getting this vital content out to the globe. So thank you so much for tuning in. 
I'll see you guys on the next episode of the podcast. Have a fantastic week.